Welcome back to The Horror You Know. This is Trent. I'm Ian. And I'm Darren. Did you forget how to start an intro? <laughs> Has it been that long since you've... I was trying to think about what I was going to say. It has been, actually. It's been a couple weeks now. We, uh, we're we doing two... We're doing bi-weekly episodes now, so it's been a couple weeks. Well, we I just missed you It's all. like you've had to do the intro in general. <laughs> it's been like two years since he's had to do the intro. <laughs> what was the last one I did? Uh, Leprechaun? Yeah. The Leprechaun. Cut it out. Well, that wasn't that long ago. Hey, aren't we missing somebody? No. No, there you are, Boner. (laughs) I see you. I'm sorry. Boner's here. (laughs) Hey, guys. I ain't missing you at all. That's actually the real sound that Ian's bones make anytime he stands up. This is Ian going up the steps. (laughs) Or down the steps. Or near the steps. Or you're thinking about steps. (laughs) Or blinking. That's true, too. No, we're missing our uh, our favorite creepy host himself, Ian Wells. It's actually, well, well, first of all, I am sorry that Wells isn't here, but I was going to say the other day I got out of bed and when I stood up, I cracked so much, I, I told, told Shelby, I was like, God, I wouldn't be surprised if I started fucking glowing right now. <laughs> you always glow to us. Oh, babe. Yeah, Wells, <laughs> poor buddy, has got a case of the Montezuma. <laughs> Revenge, I think. He got his revenge. <laughs> that late night Taco Bell, which, by the way. I'll be honest with him. The evil dead is rising in him. We'll just it was put past it midnight. Much. Like, yeah. what did he expect? I think it was past 420, and that's why he's not here. <laughs> I think 420 a got him. A little bit of a too much celebrating. You forget he's still that. celebrating as we speak. He just. He <laughs> <laughs> forgot so, to yeah. put out the milk and cookies for Willie Nelson. So last night, the four of us all got together and watched Evil Dead Rise. Go check it out. We'll probably do something. Not not right now. Listen to this episode. Yeah, listen to this episode first. But we'll probably do something. I don't know if we'll do a full episode, but we'll review it in some way, shape, or form. Go check it out. But anyway, we all watched it pretty late last night. And Wells apparently went and got some Taco Bell afterwards. (laughs) And And today, Taco Bell got Wells. Today, yes, exactly. (laughs) So he gets to be a fan and... Which I think, he, yeah, he's our number one fan anyway. So hopefully, well, you're yeah. out there listening and we do a good episode to make you proud. So. He's out there somewhere clenching and sweating <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Grunting, groaning. Anyway. <laughs> groaning like a zombie. Hey, good segue. Thank you for that. Because we're here to talk about zombies. Zombie. Not just zombies, zombie. though. What could be worse than a zombie? Probably one of those zombies that actually take off running toward you. The answer was a Nazi zombie, oh. but that's pretty bad too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hateful Nazis, yes. So we're talking about Nazi zombies. We watched the movie Overlord. We watched half the movie. Over Ian watched the movie. Ian watched half of the movie. I He's going to watch a little over half. I, I'm liking what I saw, but I told Trent I failed him. But from what I saw, Trent. They weren't necessarily Nazi zombies. No, and we were going to talk about that later because we're actually not. We're talking about Nazi zombies, but we're also talking about that whole sort of Nazi, like 
experimentation, the Nazi supernatural. Like, there's a there's a lot to this that we're going to get to. Nazi the occult. zombies is just the part occult. of it. The occult, yes. Yeah. The occult, like the band from the. Fire woman, you're the blame. Fire woman, you're the blame. I think it goes like that. Fire. 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 Anyway, yeah, the occult. The occult, because this, the. Nazis were very much into the occult. That's uh, what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk a whole lot about World War II. I'm assuming you all took high school history. Everyone listening at some point knows about World War yeah. II and the Nazis' You're involvement. You're still taking high school history. We know what Nazis are about and what they stood for. I'm assuming that being horror fans, they have probably watched Ancient Aliens, and they know that Nazi history is between those shows on the History Channel. So. Yeah. It's a lot of freaky stuff, and we it kind of it gives you some uh, interesting perspective into, you know, that era. I think, anyway. So, hopefully, it's interesting. We're gonna go ahead and get into it because I've done a lot of research for this episode. I tapped into my inner Darren, did way too much research for people that are probably gonna check out at about the twenty minute mark. You did a search. I did. I've I got wish we had like ten statistics pages on that. Like for my long ass episodes, when do people check out? There are statistics for that. Are there? I'll have to show you is guys. It, when is it done. after 20 minutes they check out? Online? Well, it goes episode by episode. Okay. I'll, I'll show you guys after we're done. I don't know if I want to see, see it. <laughs> I'm going to start keeping my episodes like 20 minutes. So. <sighs> Fucking lazy fucks. <laughs> Just start listening. Oh, great. It's a Darren episode. <laughs> yeah. You inspired me, though. Your episodes are, are interesting. And that's what I was going for with this one. So hopefully people will My episodes have to be taken like... Mine are like dumb holiday episodes. Like, you have to listen to them like in segments. That's true. It is like a... Small bites. It's like a fucking long-ass TED, TED talk. <laughs> it's a Darren dialogue. I don't know. I Darren can't think dialogue. of anything clever. <laughs> that was all right. Stupid. That's not bad. The alliteration good. was good. I, I I'll props. cut that out. And in. So... <laughs> Why would you cut that out? That was right. So we're talking about the trope of Nazi zombies as well as their obsession with supernatural, which permeates through all corners of pop culture. So how did the Nazi zombie come about? So let's think about the two main ways that zombies are kind of presented in fictional stories. I feel like first you have... Okay. No, first. I was oh, I thought you were pointing oh, upstairs. You were pointing. Like, oh, zombie first. upstairs. <laughs> no, you don't hear the gospel concert going on up here? What are you talking about down there? <laughs> that, was my, that was my Nazi, sorry. <laughs> Babe, what time is it? 999 PM. <laughs> okay, so the we're first time. I, I think we're too sober. That's the problem. We, have, know, we haven't drank shots? anything. Wells, shots. We ain't in no old Smokey. What the hell? No. Wells feels like he's taking a shot to the gut right now. So Where was I? Two types of zombies. Okay, here we go. The first one would be via virus, as in your 28 Days Later, Walking Dead, etc. It's usually some kind of virus or some kind of theme of mankind meddling with science or concepts that they do not control. Would you all agree that's a pretty popular way that zombies are created? Yes. Yeah. The second type would be from dabbling in the occult. Your evil deads. Topical. Indiana Jones, Hellboy, etc. So did the Nazis truly research the possibility of reanimating the dead? While there is no definitive documented evidence to conclude that, 
they tried to raise the dead. We can connect them both to occult obsessions and experimentation. So I feel like there's your two zombie types right there that we can connect them to. And we're going to get into each one of those. And it might lend some plausibility to the whole idea of Nazi zombies. So we're going to start with the occultism side of things. And that begins with a group called, and I meant to look up how to pronounce this. So correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, the Anera, the Anera, do you know what I'm talking about? The Anera B? You're talking about the zombie. <laughs> Yeah, on Airbnb. I shared my notes with means in case he wanted to spell jump it, in on some of this with me. I didn't bring up the notes. I know. I'm just going with an Airbay. An Airbay. So we'll call him the Airbnb until means gets back with us on how to pronounce it. But um, All right. so anyway, it's well known that Adolf Hitler, as well as some of the other prominent Nazi leaders, had an acute interest in the occult. There's even a popular theory that Hitler himself was possessed by a demon. We're going to talk a little bit more about Damn. that later, too. But actually, before the Nazi party became a political party, it was first conceived as an occult fraternity. It was called the Thule Society. T-H-U-L-E. Thule. Now, isn't that the demon from Ghostbusters? That's Zool. 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 I got you. There is no Dana. There is only <laughs> Zool. Yeah, this is... Are you the is, key master, Trent? I'm the... What's the other one? The gatekeeper. gatekeeper. I'm the gatekeeper. The Thule Society was a group dedicated to studying Ariosophy and the mythological origins of the Aryan race. Several prominent members of the Nazi parties were members of this society, including Rudolf Hess, who was deputy Führer to Hitler, Alfred Rosenberg, he oversaw a lot of the German-occupied territories in Eastern Europe, and Dietrich Eckhart, who was actually the founder of the original German Workers' Party, uh, and Hitler's mentor, German Workers' Party, was which what became what went on to become the Nazi Party. So the deputy was kind of like Barney Five to his Andy. Pretty much. Those are some pretty big name people, though, linked yeah. with the Nazis, and they were all in this Thule Society cult that started before the Nazi Party became a thing. So they they believe that the Aryan people were magically powered beings bred via electricity by interstellar deities and originated on the island of Thule, a mythological island of telepathic giants and fairies known by other names, including Atlantis. What? They, they also believe that the Aryan people were robbed of their powers due to the gradual interbreeding between lesser races. Oh, wow. Oh, God. So they thought they descended from Atlanteans and that they had superpowers. So, so and that, this started with the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Pretty much. Easy. <laughs> it's a sensitive subject right now. Some interbreeding going on there. So you kind of start to see where they're, uh, you know, they're not so much favoritism towards other people's come from. <laughs> to, put it, wonder, to put it lightly. I wonder if your normal everyday skinhead knows any of this right here. I don't know. I would be, I'd be curious to know. We should get one on sometime. No. <laughs> not, Do you know one? Not fucking at all. I'm sure you go to fucking Carroll County. You could probably find I'm sure, I was going to say, I'm sure you probably teach at least one or two in school. <laughs> we won't go there. So the Thule, the, Thule, Thule. the Thule Society did eventually dissolve before Hitler's rise to power, but clearly a lot of these same beliefs fueled his conquest as well as the creation of the Airbnb, the Honor Air Base, 
1935. <laughs> Airbnb. Got that stuck in your head now. And I, I'm going to probably say it a lot. And rather than butcher it every time, I'm probably going to need just a fill-in word. So I might say that a lot. We'll just voice over you later. Another one of those prominent Nazi leaders was Heinrich Himmler, who was the head of the SS, which was basically the Nazis' military organization. Himmler was also obsessed with the occult. What does the SS stand for, Trent? I'm glad you asked, Ian. It stands for a Schutzstaffel. The Schutzstaffel. And loosely translated, what does that mean? The good land. No, oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Damn it. Do you know? Do you have it up over there? No, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was legit asking. No, but it's, the it's their it's schnauzer. It's their like it's their enforcers. And that never be. My God, he did say Airbnb. And that never be. And that never be. And an Airbnb. And that never be. And an Airbnb. And an Airbnb. And that never be. And an Airbnb. If we have German listeners out there that know any of this, and an Airbnb. We're sorry. And then you don't have to be German. This is just history. You could know this. I'm sorry to single you out, Germans, but we just think tank. You can say think tank. Think tank. I just want some feedback from listeners. I always kind of, you know, ask anything we can get. You ask that, and then it's always negative feedback. You guys suck. <laughs> Ch- Church that boy, your name is Dirt. <laughs> Heinrich Himmler. That's where we are. Himmler. The head of the SS, also obsessed with the occult. The SS's headquarters was actually in a Renaissance-era castle where they would initiate their SS knights, similar to Arthurian legends. They would try to invoke magical powers from runes, and actually, the SS symbol, the insignia, is formed itself out of runes. Are you familiar with the lightning bolts? Looks like two little lightning bolts. That's the kit. The king of kiss. Yes. That yeah. is, kind of, yeah, kiss. that is pretty much what they looks like. Uh, those are runes. So, uh, Himmler and Hitler both would employ psychics and astrologers to plan their attack strategies based off the alignment of the stars. Their military attack strategies, they would bring in astrologers and try and base it off of. That's why they got their ass whipped. There were even experiments to create super soldiers, a.k.a. Ubermensch. Have you heard of the Ubermensch? Anybody? Anybody? Mm -hmm. No, sir. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned it again later. At least I say so in my notes. We'll see. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of notes. Anyway, these beliefs were so fervent that many of Germany's other occult societies were shut down or suppressed by Himmler so as to ensure that their brand of occultism would be the only philosophy of the Nazis. So these guys were really into this stuff. They made sure no one else had any other crazy beliefs, and they based their entire political such, party and such, their military tactics off of such this Such as Judaism. So. That's right. Thank you. 1935. You're welcome. I guess. <laughs> All right. In 1935, Heinrich Himmler established the Honorarbe, 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 as a research group into the paranormal, and it was further expanded during World War II under direct orders from Hitler. Honorarbe translates to Inheritance of the Forefathers. This group of researchers was dedicated to hunting for supernatural treasures religious relics, and traces of the original uncorrupted Aryan race. Uh, yes. Who's that sound like, Ian? Or what movie does that remind you of? Oh. <laughs> Not anyone you know, hopefully. I met, I met movie. A few. Raiders of the Lost. I was thinking Raiders. Is yeah. that where you're going? 
Yes, they heavily inspired the the Nazis from the okay. Indiana Jones movies. Yes. Well done. Well done. We'll talk more about Indy in a little bit as well. Indy. First, we're going to get into some of the actual expeditions that the Honor Air Bay did. So here you go. They went to Tibet to search for the Yeti. That was an actual expedition they went Why? on. They looked search for, for the, Why? the abominable snowman. Were they going to use him in war? They probably thought he had Magical connections powers? to he Aryans a, or something. Yeah. He was a fairy that wore boots. <laughs> Well, just imagine like you're fighting, and then all of a sudden, this big fucking white creature. They probably comes wanted out. to use him for their war efforts. They were going to yeah. like throw him out in the battlefield or something. Take his DNA and put him in somebody else. They traveled to <laughs> Ethiopia to search for the Ark of the Covenant. Uh huh. Uh huh. Indy. That wasn't until part two. Sorry. They went to yeah the only one without Nazis. Keep up, Ian. I'm sorry. Just kidding. Four didn't have Nazis either. They went to Belvedere, Belvedere, yeah, Belvedere Palace in Vienna to try and steal the Spear of Destiny from a display among the crown jewels of the Holy Roman em- Emperor. Do you know what the Spear of Destiny is? Either one of you? In the Spear no. of Destiny, the not the Pick of Destiny. <laughs> That's tenacious D. Spear of that Destiny. was Satan's tooth, by the way. Well, doesn't the Spear of Destiny have to do with Satan as well? It's it's Satan's penis. No, it's like well, no, I don't, I don't think so. The, it's religion. The spirit of destiny right. has to do with a battle that, like, somebody was stabbed and it broke off, and it was supposed to have like. You're kind of close. Is it like Michael's spear? Or? I'll just, I'll just get into it. Please, I, I've heard of it, but I clearly don't close. know what it's, it is. It's also called the Holy Lance. It is the spear oh. that Longinus used to pierce the side of Christ as he hung. Yeah, from the yes, and water yes. instead of blood came out. Okay, of it. Yes. yeah, there you that go. Makes sense. <laughs> Samson, <laughs> I was, I was way, way off. off. Uh, another one of their expeditions. They traveled to Lang Langadoc. Lang Does anyone know what that place is? Langadoc. No. It's somewhere in France, so I'm not ah. Frenching it up enough, probably. Bonjour. To no, search for is. the Holy Grail. Again, another Indiana Jones plot. Side note, there was a member of the Honor Air Bay named Otto Ron who spent many years searching for the Holy Grail and is the likely inspiration for Belloc, the character from The Last Crusade. A little fun fact for you. The Honor Air Bay also spent years researching the prose and poetic Eddas, and if you don't know what those are, they are kind of like the Norse versions of the Iliad and the Odyssey. They're like a collection of poems and stuff um, that feature a lot of Norse, Norse, yes, Norse myth- mythological, gosh, I can't talk tonight, uh, and Icelandic literature and was the source of skaldic and Norse mythology. There we go. So they were actually researching all of those works to find a secret code within the text that they thought would reveal the entrance to the magical land of Thule. Mm. So they not only believe this was the real birthplace of the original Aryan race, but the discovery of this place would accelerate their goal to create an Aryan breeding program and to recover their supernatural powers of flight, telepathy, and telekinesis that they believe their ancestors possess. So they literally, among many things, but they literally were looking for this land of Thule to find traces of their ancestors, and they wanted to basically breed with them to get back to their pure Aryan selves. Who doesn't want to breed with their ancestors? So they could have superpowers again. (laughs) 
Is this like the time that Nacho Libre climbed up the side of the mountain to crack open the eagle egg to have the eagle powers? That eagle was a lie, Stephen. Those eagle eggs were a lie, Stephen. Get the car out of my face. Isn't that crazy, though, that they actually put resources and money, lots of money and manpower into these expeditions? This is what the Nazis were doing in addition to all the other horrible things that we all know about. The way you said it. This is what they were doing. I mean, looking at social media today, are you surprised? Really, honestly, are you surprised that people are taken in that much by supernatural propaganda and bullshit? I guess not, but my whole thing is that but the the usually the crazy people are kind of a minority that don't get as much done. I say that now our government's crazy too, but um but back then, these people were running Germany. They were killing millions of people. And if that's not bad enough, which it is, but to think that their reasoning behind all these it has to do with the fact that they think they've descended from superpowered people and these other people were inferior and muddying up their bloodlines. and I don't know. That's wild to me. Yeah, definitely. Darren's staring a hole at me. The wheels well, no, are turning. I, I mean, I think it's wild, but it's, at the same time, it does not. None of that surprises me because you look at the, all the people that still believe in that shit. Well, I mean, I mean, and you're talking. We have another hundred and so year, you know, almost a hundred years of science and technology to back science and technology. Well, that's the other thing that, like, but people still now believe this stuff. Like that's the other thing too. Like obviously, this was not even that long ago either. Yeah. Like, it kind of seems like ancient history sometimes when you think about it, but, like, literally not even 100 years ago, all this stuff was still going down, which is sad. And really, we're not even that far removed from it, which is also sad. But we're not going to get political tonight anyway. Yeah, let's talk about Nazis and not get political. <laughs> let's talk about their Nazis' do that. interest in supernatural stuff. We're not going to talk about... I mean, we are. We're going to talk a little bit about it. But So, anyway, back on task here. These were all intensely real beliefs that were shared among Hitler, Himmler, and a lot of the other upper-tier Nazi leaders. They poured tons of money and resources into this research, as well as hundreds of scientists. So, basically, the Honorarbe existed to enact out Himmler and Hitler's wild fantasies. They believed they were gaining supernatural advantages for the war effort, but they were truly trying to discover scientific evidence of their racial superiority that they believe they inherited from their Atlantean ancestors. So that that's the brief summary of Heinrich Himmler and the Honor Air Bay and some of their kooky beliefs and expeditions. Let's take what we learned from that and start applying it to some facts about Nazi experimentation and try to connect the dots back to Nazi zombies and super soldiers and the like. So April 28th, 1945, this is near the end of World War II, at a munitions factory in the German region of... Thuringia, Thuringia, not sure how you say that either. American soldiers discovered 40,000 tons of ammunition. Investigating the mine below, they noticed a brick wall painted to match the color of the mine shaft. The wall turned out to be five feet thick and the mortar had not fully hardened, so they were able to break through with axes and hammers. On the other side, the officers discovered several vaults containing Nazi regalia, such as banners, uniforms, and hundreds of stolen artworks. In a separate chamber, they found four monumental coffins. Three of these coffins contain the skeletons of 17th century Prussian king Frederick the Great, ah. 
Paul von Hindenburg, mm. who was a German field marshal during World War One and later president <coughs> of Germany, and played a major role in the Nazi rise to power and Hitler's appointment uh, to Chancellor of Germany, and then von Hindenburg's wife. The fourth coffin was empty, but bore an engraved plate on it with its intended occupant, Adolf Hitler. Dun, dun, dun. No one knew for sure what the Nazis' plans for these disinterred bodies were. A 1950 article in Life magazine suggested that perhaps the corpses were to be concealed until some future movement when their reappearance could be timed by resurgent Nazis to spur another German generation to rise and conquer again. Speculation ran wild at this idea, and conspiracy theorists latched onto the phrase of rise again, which is likely where the idea came from that the Nazis were hiding the bodies of these leaders in hopes to resurrect their fallen warlords one day. Add into this theory what was already known about the gruesome experiments they conducted, which is what we're going to talk about now. I mean, this reminds me of the uh, cryogenically frozen Walt Disney head right? in like Simpsons and Family Guy and everything. Let's get into some of the experiments, though. Wolfram Sievers, who was the director of the Honor, Honor Air Bay, and Joseph... Is it Men- Mengele? Mengele? Mengele. A.K.A. the Angel of Death. <laughs> Oversaw some horrific in- experimentation and medical testing conducted on concentration camp inmates. Many of these tests were similar to the concept of raising the dead. And there were three main categories to these experiments. The first one, survival testing. The Nazis wanted to test the thresholds of human survival. One example of these experiments was to determine the altitude at which an airman could safely parachute. So they would place prisoners in these chambers and slowly decrease the pressure to simulate the low atmosphere of flights to observe at what point the prisoner's organs began to fail. Similar to that experiment, they also tested to determine... There you go. Good, man. Thanks. Thanks, Annie. We appreciate that. Or crack staff back there. Any our research uh, assistant? Yeah, Annie. Thank you, Annie. Boner's Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) Are you okay, Annie? You can tell us. (laughs) Similar to that experiment, they also. I'm laughing. These are horrible, real experiments they did on real people. You were laughing at the Annie. Are you okay? They also. It was. They also tested to determine the temperature at which the human body would fail and how to resuscitate a nearly frozen person. My God. They would. Probe the prisoners in the rectum. That's what a probe is. Well, and then sense. yeah, and then they froze them in ways ranging from submerging them in ice water or making them stand naked in the snow. They established that consciousness was lost, followed quickly by death when body temperature hits twenty-five degrees Celsius, which is seventy-seven degrees Fahrenheit. They would then try to quickly bring the body temperature back up in equally unpleasant ways, such as immersion into near-boiling water. Oh, my God. Why? They froze these people to death or near death and then tried to bring them back by boiling them to life. Isn't that awful? And did these people just go into shock? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess a lot of them were failed experiments. Well, yeah, but I'm <laughs> saying like if you go into shock doing that, like you, if they're not trying to resuscitate you you're gonna die oh yeah if you get frozen and then put in if you get if your body temperature drops like that and then they raise it too fast like that and i yeah not gonna like kill you brain dead right yeah i would think they would try and do it gradually but at the same time if they're putting you in boiling water yeah yeah, that sounds pretty immediate because if you're doing it gradually then you would use warm water you wouldn't use boiling water like get in there that's not gradual 
I've never pushed anybody in boiling hot water. You haven't? Man, we need wells for episodes like I that. I know. <laughs> Here's another method they tried for the same uh, for the same purpose of reviving a hypothermic person. This was suggested by Himmler himself. Another method was to have them nearly have them frozen nearly to death, and then have the frozen person have sex in a warm bed with multiple women. First of all, how you're nearly frozen to death? Not sure how that works, but actually, this seemed to yield more positive effects. At least compared to the boiling water method, I guess. I thought that was weird. We're going to freeze you to death, then you're going to fuck all these women and see if that brings you back. I don't know. Yeah. Are you talking about like physically? How could you? Yes. If your body has been frozen and you have no blood circulation. I don't. How are you getting erect? Trent, how would you get erect if you were frozen? Fucking a popsicle too, if you're one of those. God. Wow. Tough crowd tonight. I gotta make my own horrible jokes. <laughs> like fucking a popsicle. We miss you, Being Wells. Fucked by a popsicle. Never realized how much I missed you until you're not here. He also puts peanut butter on his balls and has a dog. Coincidence? I, actually, <laughs> now that you mentioned that, the uh, <laughs> mentioned the, the peanut popsicle butter? thing. Oh, well, that. Okay. Uh, the popsicle thing. Like you're not wrong again not to get like too detailed but again an appendage being frozen and then stuck in something pretty warm just saying obviously that can't go well no do you think like immediately he would just be flaccid I'm thinking the awful extreme and that it would just break off oh my god no it's not that frozen it's kind of like reverse it's not fucking Terminator 2 So I, I will bring up something. You're you're talking about all these experiments, and I know you're I know you're talking about more. I've watched a few documentaries on this, but one now we're we're talking about the Nazis right now, obviously. Correct. But the Japanese, which were their allies, did they the, probably had did some equally the same, if not worse, experiments. They I would do the same it. frozen experiments, but they would take like Chinese uh, people that they they kidnapped from China, and they would put their hands on pipes out in the middle of like frozen areas and then they pour water on them and then they'd come out and hit them with hammers and break their fingers off to see what it would do with them. I mean, that that sounds like some shit like you would just see in a movie. That's, and you know, I watched on a documentary about that, all the stuff they did and that's not even the worst stuff. I'm not even going to say I'm probably not even scratching the surface on some of the stuff they probably did as well, which is awful to think about. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, but we also, we did some bad stuff too. So if oh, we yeah. get into that, you know, wait, I want to talk about that. <laughs> Americans. True. War was a crazy time. So those were, so those were a couple of experiments. And while not necessarily reanimating the dead per se, we, I feel like pushing humans to the brink of death and trying to bring them back is is kind of close to reanimating the dead. Very similar. The second type of testing was pharmaceutical testing and experimental surgery. So here, basically, the inmates are being used like lab rats to test immunizations against diseases like malaria, typhus, hepatitis, typhoid fever, yellow fever, and tuberculosis. Doctors would inject the prisoners and expose them to these diseases just to observe what happened to them. I got a fever, and the only prescription 
It's more cowbell. cowbell. <laughs> Bruce Dickinson? More typhoid. You know, I hate to say this, though, but some of that experimentation led to some of the great medical discoveries of the time, though. By Germans, though? Well, here's the one thing. We had people experimenting with some of that same stuff, like eugenetics and stuff, here in America before World War II started. It was a it was a global idea, right, to do mm-hmm. the, some of this experimentation, even on prisoners. Australia did it to some of their prisoners. We did it to some of our prisoners. We did it to minorities at the time. So it's like it was a global idea. I mean, we're looking at how disgusting it is in hindsight, but it happened here in America in the 20s and 30s. So you're saying it's more common than you realize. Exactly. That kind of experimentation was actually common in multiple countries. So we're over here giving them shit for doing it. and just- We did some of it. And we're actually just like reporting the facts, not giving shit. And even at the end of World War II, we brought their scientists here to our universities and gave them clemency, basically, after the trial. We gave them what? Chlamydia. Chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> it was all part of an experiment. It's, it's fine. And I did look up that documentary I watched one time. If you guys ever want to watch it, it's very disturbing. It's called Black Sun 731 or The Man Behind the Sun, otherwise known as. And didn't like we brought some of their scientists here and didn't they like perfect this serum that they thought can make um, basically soldiers stronger, kind of like super, if you will. That's real. And give them. They really tried to make. We're about to get into that a little bit. But yes, thank you. Very astute of you. I was like, (laughs) very astute of you. Yes, I know you're going going with Captain America, but. It was, a thing. but that was, but that, that, like the character the of Captain America was actually based on Ubermensch. The Ubermensch. What's an Ubermensch means? I will look it up. I didn't include it in my notes. I did look it up, but I don't remember. Off isn't top that? Of uh, it's basically like the. Isn't perfect... that when you're somebody's bestest mensch, but you're really good at it? <laughs> the Ubermensch is like a concept that's kind of like the concept of the perfect man or the perfect being kind of thing. It's a very oversimplification of it, but means will drop some knowledge in a minute once he finds it. The ideal superior man of the future who would rise above the conventional Christian morality to create and impose his own values, originally described by Nietzsche, and thus spake Zarathustra. I think he just summoned some deadites with that last sentence. (laughs) 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 So loud. But yeah, we're going to talk about super soldiers kind of here in a second. So, um, where was I? Sorry. Oh, you were talking about, uh, I brought up the Captain America thing. And you were yes. talking about the Ubermensch. And, yes, um, yes, yes. That they were really doing these experiments and um, that they were really trying to make a super soldier. Let me finish this Blonde diseases eyes, part. Right? I told you about the diseases they would expose them to to observe Chlamydia. what happened. Chlamydia. Yeah. Chlamydia wasn't listed, but you know, I wouldn't doubt it. They did similar testing to seek out antidotes for chemical weapons like mustard gas or phosgene. They also conducted experiments in bone grafting. So yeah, those were some of the experiments they ran, which is awful considering they obviously did them all on these uh, concentration camps, prisoners. I mean, even their own people, though. They would get, like, twins, and they would do certain things to one twin and other things to another twin just to see what it would do. Yeah, that so falls into the third so- category that we're about to get into, the Joseph Ming... How do you say it? Mengele? Mengele? 
Mengele. Mengele. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of his thing. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that in just a second. First, though, we're gonna go to 1944, November <laughs> of 1944. I looked up that word Ubermensch and yeah. the Ubermensch theory, and you know how it always has questions on when people type shit in. Oh yeah, yeah. like the most asked the, question about the that. The third one is how do I become an Ubermensch? God, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of racists on the internet, I'm sure. Anyway, well, that's a good segue because that's what we're about to talk about. In nineteen, in November <laughs> of nineteen forty-four, there was an experiment involving a cocktail drug called DIX or possibly D nine. DMX. Rough Riders. I didn't want to lean too far into it and do it too loud and burst <laughs> your eardrums again. Anywho. Oh, where was I? Oh yes, November nineteen forty-four, the cocktail drug D nine. This drug, which included cocaine and a stimulant called pervitine. That's right. Pervitine. Pervitine? Perv. Perv. Pervitine. So those are, those are perverts that just like teenagers? I, not really young people? Not pervitines. Could, could be pervitine. I'm not really sure there. Anyway, it is a medicine that was supplied to Nazi Air Force soldiers, which succeeded in longer attention spans, reduced need for sleep and food, and increasing stamina. <laughs> It also, a lot of people don't know this, it cures cancer. Is that Donald That's Trump? That's not true. <laughs> I don't know, does it sound like Donald Trump? A really bad one. You want to get some disinfectant? You're going to want to... Inject it in your veins and it cures COVID, which frankly doesn't affect me. This is going off the rails, isn't it? Top three worst train. episodes already. I'm not even halfway through. Anyway... <laughs> So, in another attempt to determine the human limit, this time stamina, 18 prisoners were given this D9 pill, or DIX, and forced to march while wearing 45-pound backpacks. On this D9 pill, the prisoners were able to march for 90 you kilometers. Just, I'm sorry, did you say 49 pounds? 45 pounds. Oh, I was going to say, that's very specific. 45. They were able to march uh, 90 kilometers, which is 55 miles a day without rest. My God, on this pill. I so there's do, your. I couldn't do that with rest. There's your super soldier serum right there. Yeah, um, great crackheads. I was going to say, and then the coke, and you're just coking them up. Pretty yeah. much. The scientists were thrilled with the results of this pill and were set to supply it to all of the German troops. But the Allied victory ended the war and put a halt to the pill before it reached mass production. Oh, but the pill. We should have let them do it for a couple of years. All of Germany would have been just fucking drug addicted. That we have a little bird joke it. about the coked out baseball players. <laughs> it's a fastball. I can see every stitch. Here it comes. I'm going to bite it. <laughs> I was just thinking about the fact that like they have this pill and they're like, oh, we have this pill, but we we can't use it because the war's over. So we take that and perfect it. And now it's a little blue pill. And... Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Fuck for hours. Maybe that's how they got the frozen guy to. No, I don't know. Forget you talking about old popsicle penis? Popsicle Pete. <laughs> Cocksicle. <laughs> Gonna take a ride on the old rocket pop, babe. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> the old rocket pop. <laughs> this is horrible. Suck on the old dream sickle. <laughs> or if your well is a fudge sickle. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> the old fudgicle. Oh my fudgical. god. You had to take it there, didn't you? I'm sorry. 
I wonder why people don't listen to the whole episode. Oh, I wonder God. why they tune out by the 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, shit. Can't stay serious to save our lives. Okay. The third testing that they did was the racial and ideological testing. You mentioned the twin thing from a minute ago. That's kind of where this falls in. Uh, Joseph Mengele famously studied the phenomena of twins and oversaw experiments and medical exams on young children. He also conducted... Who's scraggly scratching? I think it's, I think it's your beard on your headphones. On the beard. I'm hearing like a lot of... <laughs> Time out. Time out. And Game I'm on. Back in. He also conducted experiments on Roma, also called gypsies. He experimented on people with dwarfism and other physical peculiarities. After hours of painful testing, he would usually order the subjects to be killed before moving on to his next experiment. Oh my God. Ah, well, that didn't work, Gil. Many, pretty much. I mean, so he was a real humanitarian, is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Many of these tests were to see how these types of people responded to contagious diseases. Another scientist, Horst Schumann, researched ways and tested methods of mass sterilization on Jews and gypsies in an attempt to establish Jewish racial inferiority. The scientific method for this biological destruction was to expose high doses of x-rays and radiation onto men's testicles and women's ovaries. This testing kind of went hand-in-hand as a part of Himmler's Lebensborn Project, which was the breeding program that we talked about earlier, where they were trying to... uh, get back to their racially ideal Aryan purity or whatever. They were trying to basically zap Jewish people from being able to reproduce and God. in addition to killing them. So those were the experiments the Nazis ran. I like, again, I'm sure I'm not even scratching the surface. Um, that's just kind of a generalization. Here are some other conspiracies that kind of go along with this stuff. I mentioned earlier, there's a very popular conspiracy theory that Hitler was possessed by a demon. A few examples to support this. August Kubizek, who was a close friend of Hitler's since childhood, once recalled a 17-year-old Hitler speaking to him about returning Germany to its former glory, with Kubizek describing the comment as, it was as if another being spoke out of his body and moved him as much as it did me. There was also a passage from the book Magic, History, Theory, and Practice that Hitler marked that read, He who does not have the demonic seed within himself will never give birth to a magical world. Going further with that, many conspiracy theorists also believe that Hitler and the Thule Society conspired to create the New World Order. Not the wrestling team. I know what you're thinking. Oh, nice. The actual New World Order. No, 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 new world order. Which, for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, it was a totalitarian global government basically taking over the world. Other theories and rumors contend that infamous occultist Alistair Crowley, I wrote Crowler for some reason. <laughs> Alistair Crowler. <laughs> oh, Alistair Crowler. Mr. Crowler. <laughs> hey, he's out back crawling around, that little Crowler. You ride my white that pony. little Crowler. <laughs> Some people believe that he made uh, <laughs> he made contact with Hitler during World War II. There's no evidence of this actually happening. Some believe that Hitler had been trained in mind control techniques, which is how he was able to control the giant crowds of Germans that he addressed during his speeches. Others believe that Hitler had actually found and possessed the Spear of Destiny that we talked about earlier. 
and was supposed the spear supposedly he found a possessed or the he was possessed by the spear. No, he possessed it and supposedly the oh, spear. Oh, he possessed it. Okay, magically guaranteed so like its wielder victory and all like of his Like a exploits. little Nicky, he just rammed it up his ass like that pineapple. Like the pineapple. I just put it up my ass. I'm so Hitler getting the flask. Getting the flask. That's pretty much all the research that I put together on. Their experimentation, their weird occult beliefs and expeditions. I do kind of get into some of the movies and media that was inspired by this idea. Yeah, so well, I'll, I'm uh, glad because I was actually going to bring one up, so that works out perfect. What's your first one? The first film to expose us to the idea of Nazi zombies actually came in 1941, so this is before World War II was even over with. It was the horror comedy King of the Zombies. You seen it, Means? No. The film oh, followed... Ask me if I've seen it. <laughs> Have you seen it? Nope. Oh. Okay. <laughs> the film followed a Nazi scientist experimenting with undead in his remote mansion. A sequel called Revenge of the Zombies was released two years later in 1943 at the height of the war. It was a more straight-up horror film and followed a Nazi scientist who, in direct contact with Hitler, creates an army of undead in an effort to turn the tides on the Allied forces. Post-World War II, horror had fallen out of favor for many years until... Around the 60s, when the Hammer films kind of popularized it again, uh, 1966, the film Frozen Dead was released. Anybody? Anybody? What year? 1966. Nope. Frozen, no. Sorry. This film followed a Nazi scientist who had frozen a group of German soldiers near the end of World War II with the plan to later thaw them and relaunch the Third Reich. But when the soldiers emerged from the ice, they were revealed to be mindless zombies who rebelled against their master. 1977, Shockwaves, starring Peter Cushing. I've seen that one. Ian? I've heard of it, but I haven't watched that one. That's the one I've actually heard of out of all these to be named. In this film, visitors uh, visit a remote island to discover a Nazi commandant has been breeding groups of zombie soldiers. 1981 had a few films. Oasis of the Zombies? Hmm. No, no. That movie featured treasure hunters who discovered Nazi zombies in North Africa. Zombie Lake also came out that year, which is a film where Nazi zombies rose 10 years after the end of World War II to take revenge against former members of the French Resistance. I've heard of Zombie Lake. Also in 1981, American Werewolf in London had a very famous nightmare scene that featured demon zombies. So you can include that a little bit. I've heard of that one. (laughs) And then, of course, 1981 also saw the release of the first Indiana Jones film, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And while this movie did not feature zombies, it did have a lot of supernatural plot lines as the Nazi villains of that film were in search of historical and religious artifacts, many of which we mentioned earlier, like to the Ark of power, the Covenant, right? Covenant and the Holy Grail in The Last Crusade, 1989. Indiana. So those films, Indiana, Indiana. Jones, kind of helped uh, relaunch the Nazis as the go-to villains for movies back in that time period. Well, I guess I can see why now. Because they're pretty easy to villainize, and well, not only that, but I'm talking about the fact that you your research has showed me that these are more accurate than I thought. Yeah, I would have had you no idea I mean? like as I a didn't kid watching was... Indiana Jones that these were actual based on real things. Yeah. I just thought it was like you take the Nazis and you add in some silly, you know, supernatural stuff. But no, very, very real. <laughs> you take the good, you take. The I bad, thought about the take, same. Thank you. I was trying you know. to. I was trying to get Nazi that zombies. <laughs> the Nazi zombies. 
<laughs> Fast forward to you the... take the live and take the dead. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I'm take sorry. some racism and put it in your head. The Nazi zombies. The Nazi zombies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why is this not a show yet? That's what I want to. <laughs> like a zombie walking in the front door. It's like, like a. I oh, mean, like a Hitler and Bill Nazi Cosby. <laughs> Cosby and Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fast forward to the '90s. Wolfenstein 3D was the first of a popular video game franchise launched in 1992. Involves players fighting a secret army of undead mutants created by Nazi scientists. Did you ever play the Wolfenstein games? I did. Uh, I do have one. You have one? I have a Wolfenstein game. Well, it's funny because like, I would play Wolfenstein at other people's houses because it was on PC mainly. Mm. And I never uh, I never owned a PC. So when I'd go to friends' houses, we'd play Wolfenstein. And like, then they started to make them more for like, you know, PlayStation. I know there's, there's one several for of them PS4. Now. And, yeah. Yeah, I think I got a newer PS4 one. I, there was like two of those, and I hear yeah. they're really good, actually. Yeah. Pretty, pretty long-running franchise. 1993 marked the first comic book appearance of Mike Mignola's Hellboy, which features the titular hero, a demon from hell raised by humans, fighting against the remnants of the Thule Society. You, you say titular in a very provocative sound. Like, Did it titillate you? Titular. 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 Hellboy, of course, went on to have some movies of his own. So, the 21st century saw a bit of reemergence of the Nazi zombies with some B-movie films such as Horrors of War, which came out in 2006, and War of the Dead from 2011. There were some other contemporary horror films that were a little more high-profile, such as 2008's Outpost, starring Ray Stevenson. Has anyone seen that one? Mm -hmm. What's it called? Outpost. I think there's a few of them, but the first one had Ray Stevenson in it. About a group of mercenaries hired to escort a mysterious businessman to an old military bunker, not knowing the long hidden secret contained there. I'm gonna guess the secret is zombies. No, I'm not. Spoiler alert. Um, 2009, Blood Creek, starring Henry Cavill. Anybody? Directed by. Anybody? I did not write the director down. I'm sorry. It's a famous director. I can't remember who it was. I thought you were gonna have it. There's a couple famous people in it besides Henry Cavill that escaped me right now, but it tells of a man and his brother on a revenge mission that become trapped in an occult experiment dating back to the Third Reich. But the Nazi zombie Joe trope... Joe Schumacher. Joe Schumacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The Nazi zombie trope was featured in some less serious projects such as 2009's campy Norwegian horror comedy Dead Snow. It's campy, but it's good. Have you seen it? No. Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2. I think I've seen the first one, not the second one. But it's supposed to be more funny. Yes. Is kind of what I gathered. Yeah. I hear the second one's good, too. Yeah. I'll have to watch them some night. Movie night. Uh, that was the first one again. I don't really remember much of it. That was 2009. Uh, 2008 was also the debut of the Nazi Zombies video game mode from Call of Duty, which debuted oh. in Call of Duty World at War where players have to fight off wave after wave of undead Nazi soldiers. And that game mode has been very popular and still, I think, is in new Call of Duty games to this day. I stopped after the original. I liked the original, and then it kind of got silly after that. But fun. And then that brings us to the movie that we were all supposed to watch and talk about, which is Overlord from 2018. Ian watched half of it. You've probably seen it, I'm assuming. I don't know if you watched it recently or not. I watched it about... Six months ago, because I bought it on Blu-ray. Directed by Julius Avery, produced by J.J. Abrams. It's named after the real-life Operation Overlord, which was the code name for the Battle of Normandy. 
One of the stars of the film, Wyatt Russell, claims that procedures from the film were influenced by actual experiments, citing both Nazi human experimentation as well as an infamous experiment from 1940 Soviet Russia in which uh, scientists reanimated a dog's head. Have you ever, any of you ever heard of this? I've seen the video. It's, it's from a film called Experiments in the Revival of Organisms. And then basically they use this heart-lung machine called the autojector, or however you say it. And they would, like, pump blood back into non-living organs and basically, like, stimulate them and get them to respond. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but it sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, based it's, on it's, you can find it on the internet. It's pretty gross. Pretty so, gross. So, yeah, so that's kind of the inspiration for Overlord. We mentioned earlier, yeah, Overlord's not really so much zombies, but there's definitely experimenting in the movie, and there's definitely... I mean, they are zombies, though. Like, they work, they experiment on dead bodies and bring them back and kind of morph them into these weird, fast, twitchy zombies, if you consider those zombies. There's yeah. some zombie snobs out there that don't consider those zombies, but I don't know what else we could call them right now. Mm-hmm. Infected. That's another possible name. But again, they were dead, so I don't think I would call them infected. But anyway, yeah, that's where we're at. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't know if we need to talk about it a whole lot, but... Um, <laughs> or at all apparently. or at all this has been the horror you know um i actually found that movie to be really really uh exciting when i first watched it because i i like zombie films but it was such a new take and i i do consider them zombies because they do blink bring people back to life as super soldiers yeah. right so that's a zombie i don't care how you look at it well, even though the main villain never died, the other ones were dead people yeah. that they yeah. collected and worked on. But uh, just the interest in how they shot the first scene with the plane going down and the people. That was an awesome scene. That was one of the best scenes I've seen in any kind of war movie, bar none. Especially opening like it that. It was really cool. And, uh, I mean, every, every scene in there, you know, really lent itself to that kind of style that that guy put forth in that first you know, a little little vignette of chaos. Yeah. Well, so I mean, the whole movie was like that, and I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. And, I mean, you could even take this, the zombie and the supernatural out of it, and it would still be yeah. just as tense. A, I mean, any war movie thriller. any war yeah. movie is going to be horror just yeah. because of the actual stuff that they went through. I was like going to say, I kind of forgot it was about zombies at the beginning. Like, if I wouldn't have known what it was about. Yeah, they don't even really pop yeah. up until almost halfway through. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they kind of, like... Mention when they're walking through the woods, like, what is that little creature thing there? Right. And White Russell's like, don't be good. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> but when they're walking and the guy's just like talking about like, oh, I'm going to be a writer and I've got this book and then fucking blows up. Oh, God. Nobody's thinking about landmines whatsoever. I can't remember what his name is, but they're like, where's where's Dan? Or there is no Dan. Or, I can't remember <laughs> what his name was. Yeah. Yeah. That was such an intense scene too. And White Russell like, Taking charge, basically, you know, because they're being a badass. Their like leader dead. is dead, and he's just like, you know. And then that girl being in that make a line to me. That girl being in that one room with that one, and she has to fight it off. Well, how far along are you? What What was the last thing you watched? Uh, he just he uh, he went to the church. He came back from the church. They're in the house. He brought the guy back with him. Okay, okay, so you're pretty far into it. Yeah, you probably yeah. got about a half hour left, maybe. But that's what I was saying. Over a little over halfway, and you just kept saying he's barely halfway in. The end gets a little kind of comic booky, you know. But I still liked it. It didn't take away from the movie for me. But 
Don't say it. I won't say what happened. No, I'm just kidding. I, I've always wanted to see this movie. But the Americans win. Spoiler. <laughs> I've always wanted to see this movie. And then when you brought it up, I was like, oh, man, this gives me a, a kick in the ass to go watch it. And it used to be like on like Netflix and a few other things. And now that I wanted to watch it, it wasn't on anything. Mm-hmm. But it, I finally found it on Paramount+. Plus. I think this is one of those movies that is going to be like a cult classic because I don't think it really did a whole lot when it first came out. Hmm. But I feel like it's got a pretty good following now. And I'm just a big, like, I've always kind of liked World War II history and stories. And so anytime you take that that concept and add, like, horror and supernatural and other mystery kind of stuff to it, I'm I'm into it. So Yeah. Indiana Jones, again, I love those movies, even though they're not oh, horror yeah. movies. But excited for the new one. Um, here's some trivia from Overlord, just for some horror you know facts. The paratrooper unit in the movie features some American soldiers of different races. This was actually not factual for the time, since it took place in 1944 on the day before D-Day. Racial integration did not happen at that time, and it wasn't until Harry Truman signed an executive order in 1948 that desegregated the military. And I read that they were just they they weren't concerned with making it historically accurate. I mean, obviously the Nazi and undead part of it, but like they just wanted what? to cast the right actors and just they didn't want to have to worry about, you know, the segregation and stuff like that. And really, if you think about it, like the zombies or the zombies, the Nazis themselves didn't really seem like there were no camps there were no jewish people that we know of you know what i mean like they were more focused on experimenting on the dead people rather than yeah like the racism that actually was real life right so um they also didn't have any swastikas in the movie i don't know if you noticed that but none of the nazis had swastikas in this movie every time i hear white russell talk i hear his dad kurt oh yeah well, I think he looks just like him, too, with blonde hair. He does look like him. I don't know. The rest of this stuff was kind of some filmmaking trivia. It wasn't all that cool, I guess. But they did think, here's kind of a fun fact for you, since you like these movies, that a lot of people thought when this movie was coming out that it was going to be the next Cloverfield movie. Because you know J.J. Yeah. Abrams with all his secrecy with his movies. And like There wasn't much known about this film. And he so some people secret. thought that this was going to be another Clo- Cloverfield movie. I can't wait for the new one. I love that franchise. Even the last one? The third yes, one? I actually did like that one. wasn't the best, but I I, I enjoyed it. Your two, face says you did, did not it like was, that. It was all right. Two was the best. Two was definitely lame. Probably, yeah, two was probably the best. Did you enjoy it? You better. enjoyed the first two at least, right? Did you, did you watch uh, the Cloverfield Paradox? Mm-hmm. Did you like that one? It was all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought and, the and second one was best. The second one is best, but the first one like has a special place in my heart because the mystery surrounding it. Yeah. When the trailer had first been released on the Transformers movie, um, I thought it looked very interesting, and there was not much known about it, and a lot of people were speculating that that was the next Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. which it wasn't, obviously, and um, there was a lot of mystery behind the creature as well. And what it was about and everything. So uh, the fact that the third one brought it back around full circle and explains the first two. And then the creature popping up at the end being much, much larger than the creature from the original because I actually own the DVD and they actually say in the behind the scenes that the creature in the first Cloverfield movie is a 
infant screaming, calling out for its mother. Babies. Babies. (laughs) They are... Oh, Which is weird because in the middle one, Cloverfield Lane, it didn't even seem like a Cloverfield movie. No, it, was it wasn't. But that's drama. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it was or, intended to be originally, was it? I no. think they kind of no. But it I think like it was, but wasn't. It's like a he called it like a like a spinoff, maybe? a close cousin to the original. And I guess like the Cloverfield paradox kind of brings them together by saying like, we open this doorway for other beings to come in kind of like the mist basically. Well, go check out Cloverfield, go check out overlord. I'll kind of wrap up my thoughts and just say that, you know, again, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I like world war two movies and you add in some horror and action to it. Um, you know, Makes it even better. I thought all the actors, there's a lot of good actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. We already talked about Wyatt Russell, of course, but, um, oh, what's that guy's name? Javen? Javen? Yavin? The main guy, I really like him, and I know, I looked him up. He's in a lot of, like, well-known stuff, but nothing that I've really ever watched other than this. And that is, is it Javen? It's Joe, something like Jovan? that. He was really good. Um, there was a couple Game of Thrones actors in it. Did you all recognize? Joven, yeah, Joven. Adepo. Thank you for that. Yes, he was really good. The did you all did you all catch? He was only in it for like a minute. Um, Eddie from Stranger Things. I did not yes. catch him. He was one of the Wait. paratroopers at the very beginning. Yes. I know you don't watch it, but there's a guy from Agents of Shield in there. Do you watch Agents of Shield again? I've seen the first two seasons, I want to say. Fitz was the camera guy that have you gotten to his scene yet? The camera guy? The yeah. guy that was just there to like do the filming? and Have you gotten to his scene yet? Uh, I'm guessing by his scene, something happened, so no, I haven't. No, I just was asking. <laughs> um, Bokeem Woodbine, he's kind of short in a lot of things. But yeah. Are you and talking about Herman Schultz? <laughs> Herman Schultz. So, also known as Shocker. So pretty good cast, and, and again, I just thought it was very well... Directed, there was very tense. I thought for a low budget, it was kind of a low budget movie. Uh, all the effects and everything <laughs> it's funny, was really low well budget. JJ Abrams, you wouldn't really think those two things go together. I can't remember what the budget was. I read it, but it was not much for a movie that, like that that you would for expect. For low budget, I thought it looked good. I was gonna say, I mean, it had. It wasn't like indie, but it was I, like a lower budget as far as those kind of movies go. <laughs> the special effects, though, was most of their budget. I think the acting probably was the least of their budget. Probably because a lot of those people weren't as yeah, well known so. at the time. I mean, Wyatt Russell had been in a few things up to that point, but um, yeah. Anyway, I, mean, I think it held up as far as you know, comparing it to other movies of, of that time period, four or five years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, I know we rate movies on here. I know you haven't watched it all, but I would give it probably an eight, eight and a half. I would go eight. For sure. Ian's going to report go, back when he watches it all. I was going to go seven. I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. a lot. So. i go eight, probably. I mean, just going back to the real story, though. I mean, it makes... It's crazy how these people would think on those terms and then in that level. But the shit I read fucking online daily, there are people that are still out there believing in that kind of shit. I mean, seriously. Like oh, I mean, I, I don't doubt that one bit. Right wing people 
that believe in that shit. And to think that that a whole group, a huge group of people bought into it. And I don't think it's because of any, you know, demon that he was possessed by. I don't either. I think that's bull crap. It's just fucking people are so gullible sometimes. And they bought into this thinking it was going to better their lives coming out of world war one, because really if the Germans hadn't have been where they were at in world war one, they wouldn't have had this Austrian dude coming in and leading them to where they're at there. And it was already trending that way anyway, because the world powers didn't try to stabilize the world after world war one. And then, you know, the banking systems and, and stock market crashing fed into all of this stuff. So it was already the seed germinated and they just needed a few things to start. Yeah, you get it. They needed a few things to just get it, get it going. And once the fire was lit under these people, they were easily fooled. And I, I still can't wrap my head around if I truly believe all the people that were believing in this shit were really believing in it, or they just wanted the power. That's the thing about it too, is that like, it wasn't like every single Nazi believed all these. I know. It was like a, it was kind of a select few, but the select few were very high up and very Powerful. influential. And they and they pulled it off to where they could make you like the Nazis were just a political party just for the power, right? Like they were a political party with beliefs that obviously not all of them were great, but they were, you know, yeah, no different than political parties here in our country. But, I mean, that's what's not- fucking crazy is the fervency of something like this once it sets off. Yeah. We see tinges of that now. And yeah. and hopefully to God we never get to the point that the Nazis made it. But not. I mean that's but, I mean you got people that still believe in this shit. Like they literally fucking think that they're going to to rid the earth of certain groups of people and they're gonna try to put in laws or do anything they can to get rid of those people. And I think it's fucking disgusting and i think if you think along these terms you're fucking disgusting i'm here to tell you turn us off now if it's you we're talking about yeah i don't want you as a fucking fan if you listen if you believe in buying that kind of shit fuck you a big fuck that guy to whoever you fuck that guy yeah that was horrible i agree though i mean that's it's like i said before i kind of looked into all this obviously we all kind of know what Nazis are and how we associate them in our minds. But then, like I said, learning all this stuff that kind of led into a lot of it just made it even worse, in my opinion. Like, it's bad enough that you're that evil that you would have hatred or discriminate against a group of people, but then the reason kind of behind where where it comes from just made it worse for me. I was like, man... It makes it it's silly bad. at first when you hear it, but then you think of how dangerous it is. But they believed that it. It wasn't thought. silly to yeah. them. It was real. Like That's they what I'm saying. We think these... it's silly at first, but when you see what they did because and how of fervent it. they got because of that bullshit belief, yeah. you could see how shit can go off the rails really quick in any country, yeah, including our own. Mm. So It's a powder keg. Fuck that. Yeah. But so, it did it did bring out some cool movies from it. it Indiana we Jones, a lot Overlord, of great all that stuff. Shockwaves yeah. is pretty good. I like Peter Cushing's in that. I don't think I actually own it, but I've seen it. So, I do have Dead Snow one and two. If you guys want to borrow it, no more stories. Okay. Well, they're probably free on Tubi or something. <laughs> probably. 
that's really all I had. I don't know how to wrap it up other than that. That was well put by means. If you're a Nazi, fuck you. If you're a zombie, that's okay, I think. Just don't be a Nazi you zombie. You can't help it if someone reanimated you and brought you back from yeah. the dead. You're just living your best life. I mean, Bub and uh, dead life. Day of the Dead. <laughs> Bub was a good guy. He tried to tried to live his best life. And if you like shooting at Nazi zombies in video games, I guess that's you know good on you as well. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, weigh in. What's your favorite Nazi zombie slash supernatural zombie related movie or film or movie or film movie or TV or media? Let us know. There's like a whole genre. I didn't even mention a lot of the. There's like Nazi exploitation films from the 70s and 80s. Like Ilsa, She-Wolf yeah. of the SS and all that stuff. Like, oh, they yeah. don't all deal with zombies, so I didn't include them. But there's like a whole just subgenre of horror out there. Like so. licking, licking boots kind of fetish. Yeah. Kind of torture oh, type yep. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But that makes me scared because like I don't want to like look that stuff up and well, no, watch I'm it. Because we're going to watch like, it. Am I on a fucking <laughs> watch list on the internet at this point? I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> well, I just didn't want to like, you're telling me to look all these names up. And I'm like, flags the FBI I, I get flagged like immediately because I'm looking up like, like 50 whole, names in a row. That was my whole thought when I was researching a lot of this at work. I was like, I hope no one checks my work history. <laughs> like, what's he looking up with this <laughs> Nazi get, propaganda for? <laughs> fucking fired immediately. It's for a podcast, I swear. It's hilarious. Trent's trying to get somebody's attention. He's like, um, um. Oh, God, he's doing the thing. Oh, he's no. raising his hand. Oh, no. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Horror You Know. I doubt many of you made it to the end. It was painful even for myself, but uh, <laughs> oh my we God. made it. And we will take another two-week break and be back at you with something cool. We don't know what yet, but we'll have something good cooked up for it'll, you. It'll be more interesting than one of Trent's lame-ass episodes. I hope to God it is. Hey, you guys dog our lame-ass episodes, but, you know, you get one joking. of two things from, from Horror You Know podcast. You either get entertained or you get informed. Maybe not both. It's never both at the same time. <laughs> but if we're not entertaining, they don't stay tuned long enough to get informed. They well, that's because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> and means can say that because nobody's listening right nobody's now. Nobody's listening True. right now. They're not going to shut me off. We're like a late night, early morning uh, talk show on the radio. Yeah. If you don't believe we're legit, take a look at that picture. <laughs> that picture's too legit to quit. Ian is pointing at a picture of ourselves. That is sitting on the table here that we can all look at and admire. Like a memorial. (laughs) You can't see what? I still can't see Trent early at all. That's how I like it. He's not talking about the picture of Trent. He's just talking about you. You can't see me. So anyway, again, with that, this has been the Horino Podcast. I've been Trent. I've been Ian. And as always, I'm Darren. And Wells, buddy, we hope your belly's feeling better. Hopefully you made it to the end of this episode. Hopefully you get your revenge. The shadows dance. We'll see you next time. On Taco Bells. <laughs> Just don't eat any uh, brown popsicles. Oh my. Fudge take care of your fudgicle, buddy. Fudgicle. <laughs> now is the time to let all you know. Your-